Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and now tip-off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Oh, yes. Welcome to Hang Time, the Hang Time podcast here. Seku Smith in Atlanta at headquarters. My main man, Greg Anthony, on the road in Denver. John Schumann in Jersey. And we're all eyeballing All-Star Weekend in L.A. But before we get there, we do have to take a quick peek back. The NBA trade deadline came and went with seismic activity from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nothing like chaos on deadline day. I love it. Real quick, guys. Did Kobe Altman make sure you remembered his name now? You know how to spell it? I didn't think it was possible to have the type of trade he pulled off, the significance of it in terms of revamping that roster, and to be able to keep that next pick. It was incredible. And it's not just the personnel, it's the fit. I thought he addressed all their issues, activity level, athleticism, guys who fit. He made sure they kept perimeter shooting and on top of all that, they got infinitely better defensively. So I thought he hit, I would say a home run, but I'm going to take it a step further. I thought he hit a grand slam. Wow, yeah. I thought I thought it was unbelievable. Shoot, what'd you think? Uh, ask me again in like six, seven <laughs> weeks, something like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I mean game, one, game one of the new era went as good as it could have gone. Right. You know, right. Um, they killed the Celtics. All those guys played well. All those guys made shots. You know, we'll see how the defense improves over the next couple months. You know, obviously we'll see how what happens when Kevin Love comes back. I still think the East is wide open. I, I, I put all three of those teams sort of on an even plane right now, Boston, Toronto, and Cleveland. Toronto's really good, and Boston has, you know, the number one defense and Kyrie Irving late in games. You know, Toronto is the only team that ranks in the top five on both ends of the floor, and they're going to probably have the number one seed, I would think, they're just, you know, a, a regular season machine right now. So I, I think it's even right now, you know, and, and maybe the Cavs do enough in the next two months to, to change my mind. But right now, I, I mean, I can't wait for the East playoffs. You know, yeah. I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to the East semifinals. And then, you know, I want to fast forward to the West finals, too. But, right. you know, we'll get there when we get there. And for me, it wasn't about the Boston game. You know, I don't look at it in terms of how a game plays out. I really felt like what Cleveland was able to address, they were able to fill their need. You know, they, you know, this trade ain't about, it's it's relative to who they were. Let's be real. Like, they were a really bad team that would have struggled. I don't care what anybody tells you. They would have struggled potentially in the first round. Yes, yes. Because they couldn't stop anybody. And they were built to be a three-point shooting team that wasn't shooting threes well. And so, like, that's what you got to look at. This is not just about – it's about where this team was and where they were heading. The fact that he was able to basically unload a lot of undesirables and basically fill those voids with guys that really complement who they are 
And he's also got guys that are really good in the roles they're going to be asked to play. That's the other big thing about this. Like, none of these guys are 30-point scorers that you have to now reintegrate your game plan around them, which right. is part of the issue they had with Isaiah Thomas. Right. They were trying. You know, he's a superstar caliber player coming in, hadn't played like it, and I don't know if he gets to that level again, but that's what they were expecting. Now they've got guys that are comfortable getting 12 to 15 a night. Uh, they're comfortable shooting and making open threes. Yeah. They're comfortable playing in the open floor. And more importantly, they're comfortable playing off a great player. And that's the thing that I look at. And then you do get Kevin Love back at some point. I think they're. I think Toronto, they're going to probably end up with the ones. Uh, I think Cleveland's still the best team now with, with this group. And I worry about Boston. And I said this before, you know, people get caught up in the defensive numbers. You're not going to stop teams in the postseason when you get past the first round. You're not going to hold them to 98 points. Right. It ain't going to happen. And the reality is Boston has a big concern, or I do for them. Look at what their second leading scorer averaged. You don't win championships in today's game with your second leading scorer getting 14 a night. It, it ain't going to happen because you're going to have to be able to play outside of your system at times because the defense does get better in the postseason. You've got to be able to score. And that's the big concern I have with their team. They don't have a lot of guys that are going to be comfortable at consistently having to create their own offense outside of Kyrie, which we all know come postseason at the highest level, you're going to have to do. And that, that's a big concern for them right now moving forward. They, they don't have a guy that complements Kyrie in terms of his ability to at times take over a game consistently. And, and it's going to be a struggle for them at times, I think, especially when they get to the postseason. Yeah, this is going to yeah, be interesting. Yeah, they could be like the Toronto that have the problem that Toronto has had in the past in the playoffs, where the ball gets taken out of the main guy's hands, and they just don't have it in their necessarily have it in their DNA to move the ball and find good shots. One other thing with Cleveland, I think with Cleveland still, it's all about LeBron. Like if LeBron is happier now and LeBron is playing with more energy, that makes a world of difference. Even like on defense, like he has, he's not the greatest defender, but he has the instincts and athleticism to make up for other guys' mistakes. Like he could see something happening on the other side of the floor and he's the guy that can get there and erase that mistake. So if he's playing with that energy and attention to detail on defense, that makes a world of difference too. No matter who the compliments are, like if 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 the if if what happened on Thursday makes him a happier player and a more energetic player, that makes a, a world of difference too. Yeah, my takeaways were that it changed not only the temperature in that Cavaliers locker room, but by removing certain guys, you improve the team. If only by removing them, by removing those personalities and the energy and the fact that you didn't have a harmonious group in that locker room. And some people have suggested that Dwayne Wade was a part of that, which I think there's a, there's something to that theory that if if Wade is in that locker room, he kind of plays into LeBron's sense of isolationism, if you will. You know, like he's got D Wade to kind of you know confer with and and to lean on so therefore he won't maybe be as forthcoming with some of those other guys as he might be now when you got Larry Nance Jr. Jordan Clarkson you know George Hill and, and Rodney Hood as your pieces in that locker room now the other part I loved about it is if you think about LeBron when he's been at his best it's when he's got willing dance partners on his roster guys who are willing to do whatever it takes to play off of him and and be there when he when he calls on him when he finds him to try and make plays. And he's now got a group to me that's much more akin to that than he did prior. You know, Isaiah Thomas did, let's be real. He thinks, he thinks of himself as an elite level superstar player in this league. 
whether you do or I do or anyone else does or not, his image of himself supersedes whatever LeBron, whatever vision LeBron had for him fitting in with that group. And I thought that was their biggest problem. Their biggest disconnect is that the guy who should have been their second best player or third best player or second or third option, you know, wherever you factor Kevin Love into it, never bought into this notion that he was the second or third option. So anyway, we'll get a chance to see what Isaiah Thomas thinks about that potentially. I'm, I'm curious to see if he if he hangs around in L.A. during All-Star Weekend or not. I mean, it'll be weird if he did. But, you know, what do you do? You got to – I mean, this is the time he needs to get acclimated. He's got to figure out, you know, where, where to put up shop in L.A. and get the family situated. I was thinking, man, if he's out in L.A. during All-Star, just hanging out, that's going to be a that's going to be a sight. Well, you might not, you know, I don't know if you're going to want to put up too much shop. (laughs) I don't know that I would, you know, project him into the future for the Lakers. Remember, this also benefited them in terms of clearing their cap space. Tremendously. To be able to go after two A-listers. Now, if they don't get those two guys, then I think you could see a scenario where he returns because they're going to have to spend a certain amount of money, whether it may be just on one-year deals or two-year deals or what have you, but. A lot of reports are that they're projecting more for 19, which probably makes more sense for them because it gives that young core nucleus another year to get ready to be able to, to play along some superstar players. Yeah. Shu, the, the last eight weeks of the regular season guarantee plenty of drama, Shu. And, and I'm curious what both you guys think. Is Golden State in a little bit of harm's way here in the West? Do, do we see, you know, the Rockets, potentially the Thunder? Some team out there upsetting the order of things for the Warriors heading into this last, you know, eight weeks of the regular season and into the playoffs. I think it's going to be Warriors and Rock. I mean, I think the 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 Rockets could end up getting the number one seed just because right now they just seem to have it together more than the Warriors do. And you don't you know, like you don't like Draymond line. coaching the team, and you don't like all the player <laughs> player coaches going on out there. They're even in the loss column, and the Rockets, I believe, have the tiebreaker. That will ma- that could matter. I mean, I I don't necessarily think it. I mean, if the Warriors are playing their best, if if they get they have it together by the end of May, and the, those the conference finals roll around, I think they're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a little bit more intrigue on that side of the bracket than there was, you know, last year or the year before. Hmm. Gonna be interesting. Gonna be interesting. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I, listen. The Rockets are for real. Like this, the thing about the Rockets, we talk so much about how good they are offensively, but it's really how good they are defensively. This group and how that roster is constructed. Uh, getting Joe Johnson makes a big deal now. And, and, and this, and Shu makes a great point. The big issue for me with the with the Warriors, I don't know that the Warriors will ever be as mentally right as they've been prior to this season. Right. And, and it's not because they're not they don't want to be. It's just really hard four consecutive years. Yeah. It's just really hard. Now, they got a huge infusion last year when you brought in Kevin Durant. But then when you start really looking at the construction of their roster, they have more question marks with their bench than they've ever had before. Mm-hmm. You know, they and I got to see it firsthand. Now, mentally, they're not right, but I do think they will be. But they also now, they don't have the advantage that they've had in years point past to, to choose point. They just, they have ways that you can hurt them defensively, offensively. And, and that's the other advantage. The Rockets are on par with them. It's not like the Rockets are uncomfortable scoring the basketball. Mm-hmm. And they, they did. They added not just the, 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 the supplemental moves. They added a true superstar in Chris Paul who's really worked out well. Now the question for them is, are they going to be healthy? 
that's always been a concern with Chris Paul. Sure. As we get close to the postseason. Uh, but, but I really believe that this is a team that has the ability to beat them in a seven-game series, um, because not because of that starting five, which is terrific for Golden State, but when you start going to matchups and playing chess, Steve Kerr used to always have those advantages, right? Because Iguodala was playing at such a high level, and Sean Livingston, and they had other guys that could come off that bench that were just terrific players. You know, now that they're hoping that their young guys develop to a point where they can fill that void, and uh, it's going to be a challenge for them uh, once that postseason comes around. Yeah. And am I wrong to to think that the Thunder are also a threat, just given the matchups that they could present, matchup issues rather that they could present um, in a in a playoff setting? I know they have issues, but everybody does, you know, in some form or fashion. But once you get to the postseason, you know, you can really zero in on on, on the matchups, and I think Oklahoma City could pl- could play spoiler. Uh, in the Western Conference playoffs. I think they're I dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they're dangerous from night to night. I just think over time their inefficiency sort of comes back to bite them. And then so it's a matter of can they have just one heck of a series against one of those other two teams to the point where they can knock them off. I, I think, you know, Carmelo is just not an efficient scorer anymore. He doesn't get to the line at all, doesn't get to the basket um Westbrook has his you know great nights and and his off nights shooting and so it's a matter of and obviously I think Robertson is is a is a really big blow for them especially defensively so they have to be just that much better offensively without him to uh to beat one of these teams and I just don't know if they can do that four times in a seven game series yeah yeah I think Shue hits it on that the the one concern with them is they're they don't have the luxury of their top three guys having an off night um, in a series against a Houston or, or Golden State, yeah. uh, a Golden State. Now, I will say this, though. That those, they're young guys. When they're right defensively, I think they, they, could, they can be the best defensive team in the Western Conference. Like, I know San Antonio has the numbers, but watching them up close, they're long, they're athletic, they can rebound, they get deflection. They get out and try. They're really scary defensively. They create a lot of problems for you. The question, yeah. though, is I don't know if they can do enough offensively from an efficiency standpoint. You know, Steph Curry can have an off night, or Durant can have an off night, and they can still win. Yeah. I don't think go OKC can win a game if if Westbrook's having an off night. Even if he's got numbers and Paul George. I don't know that they can consistently beat the likes of a Houston or a Golden State. But yeah. having said that, we're not asking them to do it over the course of a season. Can they do it over the course of a series? It's possible. Yeah. It's not as likely. They got to go nuclear. I mean, you know, their big three guys got to go crazy offensively. You're right. But I, in, in watching them match up with Golden State, I just really love the way their role players pose so many different issues for the Warriors. That was it. I didn't know that it would be like that. You know, I was curious to see it, and to to watch it in action was really impressive. It was uh, it, it made yeah, me think the they're going to be a problem. That's the other thing is like they don't know they don't have the the answer at that fifth for that fifth guy in that lineup. Like sometimes it's been Jeremy Grant, right. sometimes it's been Alex Abrinas, um, sometimes you know Patrick pa- Patrick Patterson has kind of been a disappointment. Sometimes it's been Houston, but like 
in a playoff series, it, that the focus on that position becomes even greater, and like it's going to be a night to night thing. It's like uh, they're going to start somebody, and if he doesn't have it, now uh, you know Billy Donovan's got to figure out okay, who's who, which one of those guys is the guy I can rely on tonight, and that's going to be an interest interesting to watch is to see um, how that fifth position. Uh, figures out in, or figures its way into into a game into their games into their playoff games as far as who can they rely on which one of those guys can can give them what they need on either end of the floor um, on any particular night. Yeah, it's, I tell you what, as, as entertaining as the season has been to this point, it's it's hard to believe that the last eight weeks could be even crazier. Um, <laughs> which which makes me feel really good about. Heading to L.A. for All-Star Weekend and then coming back to a full plate of chaos, um, you know, for these last remaining games of the regular season. Speaking of All-Star Saturday night, fellas, Schumann, you must have in that Rolodex of trivia of yours something <laughs> All-Star Saturday night related. And then I'm, I'm going to ask, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up this week getting predictions for all-star Saturday night competitions from you two. So, Shu, I, I know you got something. Give me some all-star Saturday night trivia. All right, so we were just talking about Paul George. Paul George is going to make NBA history this weekend. He will be – he's participating in the – let me make sure I get this name right – the JBL three-point contest. Mm-hmm. So he will become the first player to have ever participated in the dunk contest twice and the three-point three contest twice. Mm-hmm. He was in the dunk contest in 2012, the three-point contest in 2013, the dunk contest again in 2014. And so this will be his second time in the three-point contest. Okay. My question for you is who are the other 10 players who have participated in both the dunk contest and the three-point contest? 10 players. Oh, wow. 10 guys. Yeah, I was surprised it was 10 guys. Off the top of my head, I was able to name like three or four. And then I, I did some dug, did the research and figured out it was ten. Ten in the three point and dunk contest. Yeah, not not necessarily in the same year. No, no, two yeah, guys have done general. it in the same year. Uh, either guys have done it in separate years. Okay. Uh, man, that's a tough. One. That's a tough one. Did Paul Pierce there do the be dunk some contest? One, huh? Did Paul no, Pierce ever Paul, do the dunk contest? No, no. no. All right, I was thinking. I know he's done a three point contest. Uh, There's a couple of obvious ones. Well, we know LeBron isn't one of them since he's never done the yeah. Verizon slam dunk. Well, well shoot, some they're obvious ones for you. <laughs> I was, I was, well, I here's one. This guy won LeBron. a dunk contest and scored has the lowest score in three point contest history. I believe he got a five in the three point contest. He's yeah, won the that, dunk contest multiple times. That's not helped me at all. Yeah. What? Do, uh, really? He's uh, the goat. Jordan. Jordan did the three point contest. Jordan? Michael Jordan. He yes. Did? Wow! Did a three-point contest that. in 1990. Oh, you... I believe he scored a five. Oh wow! He was in, and obviously the dunk contest three times, won it twice. I guarantee you, he wants that three-point contest stricken from his record. If he only <laughs> scored five points, can we get that expunged uh, them, from his record? Two of them are Turner guys, the people we know. Oh, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Smith, That's right. right? Did the dunk contest three times. That's right. He's the first one to do it. Do them both the same year, 1993. He did uh, both the dunk contest and the three-point contest. Okay, so Kenny, MJ. Yep. I'm going to keep a list here so I can keep up. One more Turner guy who won the dunk contest. Brent Berry. A Turner guy. Bones. Brent Correct. Berry, that's right. 
Won the dunk contest in 96, participated in the three-point contest in 2003. How did he do? Did he bomb out in the three-point contest? That's a good question. I haven't. I didn't look at the results too closely. Shout but. out to Bones, by the way. You know he's. Yeah. He know he fancies himself more of a, a shooter than a dunker at this stage of his life. Uh, let's see. There are we just all just just, just we all do at this stage. <laughs> just one other than Paul George, just one other active player has done them both, and he did them both in the same year. And they kind of made a big deal out of it in 2014. He did both the three point contest and the dunk contest. He's an all star this year. You're killing me, shoot. Uh, Remember, it was like kind of a big deal. He's going to do like every event. I know. I remember this. Now Western trying. Conference All-Star Guard. I can't remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday, and now you asked me something that happened in 2014. <laughs> wow. This is, I'm surprised you didn't know this one. All-Star is weird because it's like you remember it that night, and then it's like <laughs> it, it goes into – seriously, it goes into the memory banks of that are just overloaded with stuff. Uh, All right. Not it, Russell Westbrook. It Lillard, was it? Lillard, yeah, yes. Yeah, Damian, Damian Lillard. Lillard. 2014 did both. All right, so we got I don't four. Remember, we I don't got remember a long way to go. either one, by the way. <laughs> the first one who to for, Jordan was the second guy to have done both. The first one was in the original dunk contest, 1984. Not original NBA dunk contest, 1984. Mm-hmm. It was no, it was in the three point contest in 1987. Former Laker. Laker. Byron Scott. Nope. Nope, that's right. Byron wasn't there. Right team, though. Michael Showtime Cooper. Showtime Lakers. Cooper. Michael, Michael Cooper, correct. Yeah, Michael Cooper. All right, so we got uh, MJ, Kenny Smith, Brent Berry, Damian Lillard, Michael Cooper. Who am I missing? All right, uh, this that's guy. It? That's all we got? Uh, let's... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the next guy that did them both <laughs> is a uh, Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the... Dunk contest five times, including the original 84 dunk contest. Did the three-point contest in 1991. Dominique Wilkins. Nope. Dang, who could this? Same era. Yeah. Who else? I got to think who else was in that that 84 dunk contest. This guy was in the dunk contest five times. Five times. That tell you what a salary was. Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this dude's a Hall of Famer. I think he's a, dr- a dream, dream teamer. Am I thinking? Am I right? Yeah, dream teamer. Hmm. Clyde Drexler. Clyde are correct. Ah, dang it. That's a good, that's a good guy. I wouldn't have thought of, I, he wouldn't have been the guy that came to my mind. I'm glad. Hmm. Clyde All right. Drexler. The next guy, as far as sequential, hmm. uh, did the dunk contest in 92, three point contest in 95, best known for mich- missing free throws in the finals. Oh, Nick Anderson. Yeah. Nick Anderson. Yeah. I thought you were going to say best known for missing free throws in general. I was like, man, why are you talking about Shaq like that? <laughs> I don't think Shaq did did the three-point contest. Next guy is a tough one. This guy did the dunk contest in 97 and three-point contest in 2000. First thing I think of him when I I think of when I hear his name is Florida State. He's a really athletic dude. What's that? Nope. Hmm. Played at Florida State. Played for the Cavs, I want to say. Shooting guard. Bobby Sur. Bobby Sur, yeah. yes. Two more. Oh, all right. I would have never. These Nin- names are a joke. I mean, this is a joke. I would have never. Dunk, best, probably more known as a shooter. Uh, dunk contest in 94, three point contest in 2001. Mm-hmm. He's a current NBA executive, assistant GM, I believe. Played on one of the, I think, Olympic team, one of those years, and not the, the original Dream Team. Right. Current executive. 
NBA executive mm. in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. 90s era player. Went to the finals. Hit a big shot in the first round of the playoffs against the Miami Heat. Was that Allen Houston? Now, Allen Houston. Yeah. Last guy. Six-time participant in the three-point contests. Was in the dunk contest early in his career, 1997. Did he ever win? If he played, if he did, he three won point the three-point contest. Good yes. grief! And he is the oh. all-time leader in three-pointers made. He better won one of them. Ray Allen. Ray Allen. Shuttlesworth, baby. So Ray Allen, Nick Anderson, Brent Barry, Michael Cooper, Clyde Drexler, Paul George, Allen Houston, Michael Jordan, Damian Lillard, Kenny Smith, and Bobby Sura. Huh. Guys that have participated in both dunk contests and three-point contests. You know, that is a that is a weird list when you look at it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, in terms of, you know, you got the GOAT. You got, you know, guys who've won championships. You got the triple-double stealer himself, Bob Sura. Allen Houston, who's, uh, I got a frame jersey at the house of Allen Houston. Don't ask, I'll tell you later. But, <laughs> but, Mike, <laughs> but Michael Cooper. I would have never. Michael Cooper's the first one to ever done it. Yeah, he was in the original. I didn't realize he was in the original dunk contest. Me I, either. I Me either. But the, the three point shooting, I don't remember. I sort of remember you know, that because I had that I mean, eighty seven. Cooper co- being known for his defense, I, not for being. A I three had point that eighty seven All Star Weekend on VHS. That one eighty eight. Eighty eight is probably my favorite. You, uh, you got it on VHS, huh? I, I you still did got a laser disc player shoe. <laughs> I did at one point. I'm, I put it like that was one of those ones I watched a few times. Man, you are my John Schumann is one of my all time favorites. <laughs> oh man, this dude. No, GM, serious. This dude's mind thinks it, it works in ways that other people's just don't. I mean, you you got to be impressed. Got to be impressed. It really does. <laughs> Favorite dunk contest? The, the, the three. There's three that stand out to me. '88 Jordan and Neek. 2000 Vince. Right. Oh yeah. And then two years ago. Two years ago, Zach Levine, Zach Levine and Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Gordon put on a show. Put on a show. This they're is the t- thirty year anniversary of uh Jordan and Neek, is it not? Of the infamous yeah. Yeah. slam dunk competition between those two icons, those two Hall of Famers. Um That was incredible. If we a lot of people still think Neek won. Yeah, if we if we get anything close to the drama that was involved in that one on All Star Saturday night it'd be fantastic. Well, that, that was the same Aaron night that... Zach Levine, to be honest. Yeah. That was yeah. yeah, that was special. That was a special. It's harder to be good, too, when you don't have the star power. Yes, yes. Jordan and Zach Levine, you know, that the star power adds to the aura. I mean, you had the greatest player and a neat one of the greatest, greatest players. Yeah, one of the greatest scorers. One of the greatest athletes of all time. Definitely. You know, at the point when Gordon and Levine did this, they were not household names. Right. They were young bucks. They were, they were up and comers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, that 88 dunk contest, I remember, was hyped up because they had each of the last three champs. They had Spud Webb, uh, you know, Neek in 85, Neek yeah. from 85, Spud Webb from 86, Jordan from 87. Right. All competing. I, I forget, you know, Neek wasn't able to pr- participate the year before when Jordan won. And, uh, you know, Spud Webb come, Spud Webb come back. So there's a lot of hype around that one. Yeah. Well, let, well yeah, let's kick delivered. off our predictions for All-Star Weekend, All-Star Saturday night with the Verizon Slam Dunk Competition. I, I'm give you the guys the participants you tell me who you think goes home with the hardware victor oladipo of the indiana indiana pacers an all-star and a slam dunk participant the rookie dennis smith jr of the dallas mavericks larry nance jr formerly of the los angeles lakers will get him maybe a little hometown love even though he's wearing a cavaliers uniform now and uh the the guy who i think could be the real sleeper in the Verizon Slam Dunk competition, Donovan Spider Mitchell. 
replaces Aaron Gordon in the competition. The Utah Jazz rookie who is balling out of control right now will get a chance to reintroduce himself to the basketball award Saturday night at Staples Center in the Verizon Slam Dunk competition. Who do you have walking away with the hardware in the Verizon Slam Dunk shoe? I want to say Mitchell, but I think because he's just got some crazy hops, some hang time, some uh, probably Shout out, best body time. control Shout out of those dudes. So you going uh, with but Mitchell? I'm gonna say Nance. What? You know, I think he's just gonna be able to do the most, like just because he's big and he could he could jump too, man. I'm a, so I'm gonna say Larry Nance. All right, GA, what you got? Who, who you think? I'm going with Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, he's he's got the freakiest. I, I've, I've I've seen him up close. Yeah, and people don't appreciate how freakish Donovan Mitchell. We're seeing more of him because they've been playing so well. But Dennis Smith Jr. is a, a Westbrook, Derrick Rose pre knee injury type of athlete. Yeah. And he is a incredibly creative dunker. Yeah. So I'm going to go with him. You know, and I think, I happen to think that the guys who don't have as much on their plate All-Star Weekend tend to be able to pour themselves into that one event. I want to I wanna go with Dennis Smith Jr. because I think he might be the most exciting because of his size and his hops. But something tells me Victor Oladipo is, this is a... Yeah. This is a potential breakout weekend for him in other ways, obviously, as a first-time All-Star. I'm, I'm going with Oladipo, though, to win the Verizon Slam Dunk competition because I think he goes into Saturday night wanting to prove to people that, hey, I'm, I'm an All-Star and I'm still a showman. And I remember him doing the Frank Sinatra thing, thing in New York, singing and the whole bit. But this might just be about dunks this time. This might just be about how freaky my hops are and the fact that I got everybody watching and I'm going to put on a show. So we got... I'm going with Oladipo. Shoe is going with Larry Nance Jr., the hometown pick. And GA is going with Dennis Smith Jr., the rookie. We'll, we will see who wins that Verizon slam dunk. The JBL three-point contest. Huge field. Some of the league's best shooters. Eric Gordon from the Houston Rockets. Clay Thompson, the Golden State Warriors. Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards. Paul George, the aforementioned one from Oklahoma City. Kyle Lowry from Toronto. My main man, Grand Rapids Finest, Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns. Wayne Ellington, Mr. Mr. Three-Point Marksman himself from the Miami Heat. And Tobias Harris, not a guy you would expect to see necessarily in this competition. The now of the Los Angeles Clippers. GA, who do you have taking home top honors in the JBL three-point contest? This is, this is a tough one, man. Such a, a lot of great shooters, so many of them. I think I'm going to go with Eric Gordon Jr. Mm. Eric Gordon. I, I'm going to go with him. I, I, I think his, the way he shoots it, he and Clay are probably the two best catch-and-shoot guys, and that, this format really does generally favor those kind of players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm going to lean towards Eric. They've been having such a special season. I don't, I don't see any reason for it to end. I think he brings home the heart. All right. Shoot. I'll guess Clay Thompson. I think, you know, Boy, he's, he's just got him there. The the yeah, right. sort of quick and and easy stroke that you know that to bold, lends itself to, to <laughs> lends itself to this competition. He's been here before. I think he's always done pretty well in it. So yeah. I'm picking Clay Thompson. All right. Well, look, I'm. Uh, there's no sense in me hiding from the fact that I'm a homer. Um, we don't have very many NBA players from my hometown. So Devin Booker gets my vote, and I'm gonna vote for him every year he's in the competition until he wins it. And then if he wins it and goes back and gets it again, I'm gonna vote for him again. And I think so you're saying biased. Yes, this is. I am definitely 100 percent biased in this regard. No objectivity. Yes, no objectivity whatsoever in this regard. 
going with Devin Booker, Grand Rapids finest. And listen, the way the Suns have been getting beat up on this year, they need anything positive that can happen. Maybe we should go coach that next opponent. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going with Devin Booker. Um, Eric Gordon is GA's pick. Clay Thompson is Shoe's pick. Shoe going out on a limb there, you know, not picking one of the greatest shooters of all time. But that's, you know, we're not going to hold that against him. Um, Taco Bell Skills Challenge, which has become the strangest event to me in recent years. If for no other reason, and look at the field, look at the cross-section of human beings in the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. We've got Spencer Dinwiddie from the Brooklyn Nets, who has been a, a, a revelation to some this year. Has been really good. The process himself, Joel Embiid, will grace the All-Star Saturday night stage in the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. Al Horford, who, you know, I guess that makes sense. I love Al. He's multifaceted, you know, super skilled. But this competition, you you know, wouldn't have been a, uh, the ideal fit for a guy like that a generation ago. Chicago rookie Laurie Markkinen. Steph Curry in disguise as far as the Sacramento Kings are, con- you know, concerned and Buddy Heald. Jamal Murray, my sleeper in this contest at the Denver Nuggets. Big Dre Drummond from the Detroit Pistons. And and uh, surely the hometown crowd favorite, Lou Williams of the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, your, your Taco Bell skills challenge field. Schumann, who do you have collecting that fine piece of iron? I'm not going to think about this too much, Lou Williams. <laughs> you don't need to deliberate on that. Just give me Lou. Makes sense. You know what, I'm like- I might be with you on that one. I'm going to the woods as well. Ah, man, you guys are making this so. I'm going off the grid here. I'm, I'm going off the grid. I'm going to choose Bulls rookie Larry Markkinen. Um Sure, why not? I mean, I figure outside of well, I'm just saying outside of family and friends, who else would be picking him to win this thing? I'm going with Larry Markkinen. Uh If there was a prop bet for this thing. And he made me some cash. That'd be awesome. But I don't think there is. And I know we're not supposed to be betting anyway. So <laughs> never mind. But uh, <laughs> but uh, Taco Bell Skills Challenge will be one of those strange events on, on All-Star Saturday Night. If for no other reason than if they just do a, a a shot of the lineup of players, how strange will that be? It's a couple Giants, a couple of regular size, you know, shooting guards, seven-foot rookie. I mean, just Lou Williams, a 13-year vet. I mean, just weird to, the setup of guys we could potentially have standing on that court in that uh, Taco Bell skills challenge. Um, last prediction from you two for All-Star Saturday night and All-Star weekend in total is the Sunday game. Team LeBron or Team Stefan, who wins the weekend? Mm. I got to go with Team Steph. One too many injuries for, for Team LeBron? No continuity? Yeah. The injuries for me, I mean... I mean, they've lost a lot of guys. Yeah. And not that the guys yeah. they got aren't obviously very capable. But I'm just going to give a nod. The game's on the West Coast. I'm going to go with the West Coast crew. You're going with the West Coast crew. Shoe? I don't know. Uh, what? Uh, I just hope there's some defense played. I hope there's at least there's more than one player out there that cares to play defense. Nobody I think last year there was like one guy, Marcus Ole, maybe that was like, hey, like, you know, or Giannis maybe played a little bit of defense at first. So I'll uh, I'll pick Team Steph. They, he has himself, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson on one team on that team. Uh, maybe they'll have some sort of chemistry. So, yeah, I'll go Team Steph. All right. Well, I'm going Team LeBron just to be a contrarian. And somebody's got to ride with LeBron these days. He's got he's get catching shade from from basically everywhere from 
former teammates, haters in our business. I'm going to ride with Team LeBron. I don't care who's, I don't care who they show up with. I know the infirmary unit is deep for Team LeBron, but I figure somebody's got to rock with LeBron this weekend, so it'll be me. All-Star Weekend, though, should be spectacular as always. I I don't know we've had frigid All-Star Weekends. New York and Toronto recently come to mind. New Orleans, of course, is always a party. And when you have All-Star there, it's interesting. But L.A. to me is one of my my favorite venues for All-Star Weekend, if only because it's one of the few cities on planet Earth where you can have All-Star Weekend and then drive 20 miles to the beach and people out there have no idea All-Star Weekend exists. Um, So it, it gives us a nice humbling moment with all the showcase events going on downtown at Staples Center and the Convention Center and all over. Uh, you know, L.A., there will be an element of that fine city that has no idea why we're there and what the hype is about. So I'm looking forward to seeing both you two jokers out there as well. Should be interesting. No trade deadline after All-Star Weekend, so I'm wondering what that does to the chatter and and kind of the buzz. Normally we have all the speculation about what teams are going to do when they, you know, come out of that weekend and dive into the trade deadline. Schedule does not permit it this year. Very interesting. Nice little wrinkle Yeah. to the festivities this year. Well, Paul George will be in L.A., so there still can be people asking him about that. <laughs> oh, believe me. He and LeBron will, and LeBron will, will, will no so doubt LeBron, get questions about it. LeBron and Paul George are coming out to L.A., and there will be a media session or two, and yes. they'll get to ask, answer questions about that. Yes, I guarantee that question will be raised by someone. I'm, I'm sure we have bragging rights this week, G.A., but last I remembered, I'm losing. So if we want to skip yeah. bragging rights this week, hey. that's fine by me. Well, we got to keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. Thanks, you. All right, later, fellas. Talk Thanks, to you later. See you in L.A. Appreciate John Schumann, as always, GA, coming on here and educating us. But you've been schooling me a little bit here recently in bragging rights, and I'm not happy about it. The record well, is tied. To get back to yeah. <laughs> We're tied. Yes, yes. Seiko had a 3 and 0 week yes. two weeks ago to get to 17 and 13. Yes. GA was 2 and 1. Yes. Going into All-Star Tide, uh, we're going to start. All these games are going to be on Wednesday night. Uh, Heat Sixers. Clear the smog, baby. I'm back. Um, I'm going with the Sixers. I like the way they're playing right now. I mean, I, I'm sure D-Wade, the D-Wade bump is going to come at some point. But right now, I'm going with the Sixers. Mm, Sixers are playing good basketball. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Simmons and Embiid have been terrific. They made a, made a nice little pickup in terms of the uh, wire waiver with Bellinelli. He's trusting the process. But I'm going to go with the Heat in this one. Uh, I just, I, I, the thing about the Heat, they play so freaking hard. Yeah. You know, you look at them, I, I still don't know how they win, but they, they, they do. And they really need this game. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they just need, they've been having some struggles, getting D-Wade. They were able to, you know, eke out that win. That was an impressive win against the Bucks. I'm going to go with the Heat to find a way. Hmm. All right, staying on Wednesday night, Lakers at Pelicans. Keep you on your toes. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, you know what? Isaiah Thomas is going to have to win a game at some point, right? Like, the team he plays on has to win at some point. I'm going to go with the Lakers. Just, uh, you know, going into All-Star Weekend, I need some good vibrations for IT. I'm going Lakers. I mean, that's a good guy. I, I, I go that route as well. I was sitting here trying to figure where do I want to go because the Pelicans, like they always do, you know, they start playing well and you just get ready to jump on the bandwagon and then they go lay an egg. I know. 
And I'm just wondering if this is going to be that game because Anthony Davis has been lights out the last couple. Uh, Drew Holiday's played well the last few as well. But I, I'm going to I'm going to go with you on that one. I'm going to go with the Lakers. I I don't even feel comfortable or good about it, but I'm going to just go. <laughs> That's a good sign. Uh, and then finally, we're going to go with Warriors at Blazers. Oh man. Hmm. Not knowing who's going to be coaching the team, whether it's going to be Zaza Pachulia or Steve Kerr, that's a, that's a dangerous game, a getaway game. You know, going into All Star Weekend for teams a lot On of times. ESPN. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna rock with uh, the Blazers in an upset, which is probably going to mean that they get beat by 20. But I'm going with the Blazers. Yeah, I was actually kind of leaning there with, <laughs> in terms of the Blazers. I just you know that could be a game where you see. Both Damon and CJ go lights out. Somebody else stepping up big for him. But I, I do. I think that the Warriors, the Rockets, have the Warriors' attention. Yes. And I think for the first time in a long time, that one seed's up for grabs. And I think that's something that Steve Kerr and this group can use for motivation. So I'm going to go with the Warriors. Another one I'm not completely comfortable with, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the defending champs. I think you raise a good point, too, Jay, that nobody is really talking about the fact that that one seed is up for grabs in the West. Yeah. It's not getting any attention. With all the drama in Cleveland and Arizona, nobody's talking about that. Like, what do the Warriors do, you know, if they have to, to travel for they the conference finals? a little finals? bit of drama right now just to kind of get the juices going. Yeah, I mean, we they haven't had to deal with that you know, particular situation in any of these three runs they've had to the final. Having, you know, potentially go on the road in the conference finals to try and get to the championship round. That's, that's interesting. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward to All-Star Weekend, but I'm really, I, I want to get back to the, to the season as soon as we can, you know, after All-Star Weekend, because there's a lot of business to be sorted out. So that means we got a lot of business to get to on the Hang Time Podcast down the stretch of the season. GA, appreciate you as always, man. Know your schedule is wild and crazy on the road, nonstop. Players only. Players only, baby, as 3D would say. Um, Players only, (laughs) Safe travels, and uh, I will see you in L.A. Brother, don't don't be shy when we get out there. You know, make sure you you find me somewhere in the sea of people. you. You know it. You know it. And if you haven't already, subscribe. To hang time on Apple Podcasts for new episodes all season long. Don't forget to leave a glowing review. Appreciate our man John Schumann, and we will see you right here next week on the Hang Time Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always, say Kuna Matata. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.